That is cool. Hey, um, Nick and Amy asked me when coming up here if I would share. They mentioned that you're talking about the whole thing of prayer and with Pete Gregg, you know, the um, the pause, reflect, refresh, ask, and yield that you've been going through that bit of a series. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, and asked me if I'd talk about the yield, and um, which is really um, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's how I would I'd say um, yield is to follow the Holy Spirit, or say yes to the Holy Spirit, and that's what Jesus did. And I'll talk about that in a minute. He just said yes to the Holy Spirit, but you can't say yes if you don't know what He's said. Eh? So I, what I want to talk to you about today is how to hear God. Hearing God is probably one of the most important things you'll learn. How do you hear God? Um, and can I just say in terms of this, uh, could, I'm going to be speaking, but I want you to be listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's here, and we've already had some, a couple of prophetic words that the Spirit is speaking, but so often there's a lot of scriptures that, you know, in Revelation, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. That, is, that implies he's speaking, but we're not listening. He's speaking. God, God wants to speak to you. And can I just say, my Christian life ebbs and flows by how much I hear God speak. When I don't hear God speak, I go into a, 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 I just, my spiritual walk just goes downwards because I'm just doing a whole religious thing now. I, I know the practice and I know what I'm meant to do. And I can keep on doing that without an, a, a relationship with God. But I, I come alive when I hear Him speak. Now, do you, you get that? Do you get that? Like when you hear Him speak, doesn't your heart burn? Like the two on the road to Emmaus, and they said when Jesus met with them after He'd been resurrected, and He opened up the Scriptures to them, and they said, didn't our hearts burn when He, when he spoke with us? That, that's the Spirit witnessing with you. This is for you. I'm speaking to you. And it's life, isn't it? Like when, when you hear God speak, that's life. And God wants to speak, and God is speaking. And I think sometimes it's like there's a radio station that we're just not tuned to. And all you just got to think, I just need to tune in. I want to tune in to hear what are you saying? What are you saying to me? I want to hear what you're, saying, what you're telling me to do. And my, my response is going to be yes. And I think we'll get to that in a minute because I think we have to do that before he even says anything. We have to make that decision, yes. Whatever you ask, yes. But he wants to speak. So if you don't mind, I'm going to pray and just ask that the Holy Spirit will speak with you. Can you just have ears to hear? Like, if you have to, tune me out. But listen to the Holy Spirit. Father, I want to thank you that... Um, you said it's my sheep that would hear my voice and then they would follow me. And it's not for super Christian, it's not for the big prophetic voices, it's just your sheep, it's all of us. You said we will hear your voice and we'll be able to follow you. And Father, I just pray for us in this room that even, <clears throat> even as I'm talking, you will be speaking. And because everyone in this room is so different and their needs and their trials are so different, but you will speak individually, something that, is, um, that would relate to them. So I pray that would happen, Father, uh, here this morning, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, 
God, I don't know how many people in this room, but God knows you all individually, and he knows the struggles that you're going through, knows the things that are, for you, a burden um, and a concern. And he doesn't just give a general, like, I'm just going to give a word, and it's like I'm throwing it out here, but he doesn't do that. He just looks at Jackie and speaks to Jackie. Speaks, looks Meg and says, I'm speaking to Meg. So he will address each of you just like that. So that you can have confidence. And I, here's the thing, and I'm, no, no, I don't, you, who's doing this? Am I doing this? Oh, no. Well, I tell you, I've got the power. I tell you, um, I, I don't know how this will go because I, um, you know, the, the, when the Holy Spirit speaks, he, his words are specific. And he, the, the, as I say, this is a general word, but this is a means to an end. Like, this is not an end in itself. The Bible's not an end in itself, is it? Like, the Bible is a means for us to know him. Knowing him, that's the end. And engaging with him, that's what this is about. Church is about us worshiping him and engaging with him. But if you, if you only just listen to my message and you think my, my arguments are sound, and then you go away and think that was a sound argument, well, whoop de do. Honestly, who, ca- who really cares? The whole, the whole point of a sermon or whole point of a message is that it would engage you with God, and you will have heard God. And so I'm hoping that he will speak to you regardless of what I say, because he knows you, loves you individually, and he, he, he wants to speak with you if you would just open up your ears. If you'd just listen to his voice, you'd hear him. So this is the, um, the passage that I'm going to speak from, from John chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice. It actually says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. But I'm just going to narrow it down to they, they hear my voice and they follow me. Um, I think that's probably one of the most important things. So, so how does God sound? Um, when, I th- when I thought about this, uh, I asked actually our life group, because I, I, if I'm going to speak somewhere, I, I talk it to my life group and say, give me all your ideas. So I, you know, I just fleece them, basically. But um, when, when everyone said when they hear God, um, it's not like a booming, loud, in-your-face voice. Uh, but with the powerful in our, in, in, on earth, the powerful interrupt. The powerful dominate. The powerful intimidate. Um, the powerful will force you and coerce you into a corner and force their opinion on you. That's, the powerful, that's what we expect from powerful people. You know? that's, what, that's how they would operate. Now, God is all-powerful. So surely he'll be the same. He's, exa- he's the opposite. When, when God speaks, he doesn't boom his voice. When God speaks, he whispers, isn't he? It's, it's a really quiet voice. And, and in fact, you actually think, am I, am I making that up? That's normal. When most people hear God, they actually think, I'm, I'm not sure if that's God or if that's just me. And that's everybody's normal experience. I thought, you know, with prophets, and um, when we had, when I was at CCC, we had people like Burson, Greg Burson and Graham Cook and all those sort of guys would come through, and I got to ask them questions. So I'd see them give a prophetic word to someone, and I'd go and say, so tell me exactly what you heard, you know, because that, ma- that was a massive message, and it was obviously on point. So what did you hear? They hear the same thing I hear. 
Like, they don't hear, uh, uh, like, a dictated voice, then they just repeat it. They don't have a a mind-blowing experience that they then, it's a whisper. They only hear a whisper. But because of their faith, and they prophesy according to the measure of their faith, it gets far and far more accurate, right? So everybody hears a whisper. If you think anybody in this room is hearing God audibly speak, I'd love to hear God audibly speak. I've never heard God audibly speak. My dad did, actually. My, My dad was playing in a brass band, and he heard a voice beside him tell him to go and speak to a couple because their marriage was in trouble, and he turned around to see who was talking to him, and there was nobody there. So he went and got out of his seat, went around the back of the building, came in the back, and he saw this couple, and they were holding hands, and he thought, I've got that wrong. And then he thought, well, I'll take a step of faith, and he said, I think God just um, asked me to speak to you because is there something going on in your marriage? And they broke down in tears because there was something going on in their marriage. So he heard God speak, but that's really unusual. Like, has anybody, has anybody heard God speak audibly? You have? See, out of all of us, that one has done it. But that's not normal. N- normal, it's a, it's a voice in your mind that is a whisper. And that's, that's a normal thing. So there's a reason for that. Um, here's a story of, um, whoop, sorry. Here's a story of Elijah. Now, let me give you a backstory of this. Elijah is, goes up to Mount um, Horeb, and he's discouraged. He's just been on Mount Carmel, actually. And you remember this, if you, if you don't know, so I'll briefly tell you. He's on Mount Carmel. There's 800 prophets of Baal. They're trying to turn the nation of Israel away from worshiping God. And so they, he says, you, okay, let's make a, um, let's set up a competition, if you like. You have your altar, and then you call Baal, and if he answers with fire, he's God. But if my God answers with fire, then he's God. And so that all goes down, and um, God does pour down fire from heaven, consumes the offering, and then he slays all these prophet, so it's a bit of a gory story. And then Jezebel, who's the queen, she says, I'm going to kill you for doing that. Um, He runs away to Mount Horeb. So he's in Mount Horeb, and God said, I'm going to speak to you. And so this is what happens in Mount Horeb. Um, I'll read the passage. He said, and lo, God said, go and stand in the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and there was a great and a strong wind, tore the mountains, and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. And then after the, earth, that, after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And then after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when he heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, went out and stood at the entrance to the cave, and behold, there came the voice that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? So it wasn't in the dramatic you could have expected it after Mount Carmel for it to be in the dramatic. I'm sure he had an expectation. It would be loud and dramatic and miraculous. I love, you know, I love the miraculous. But I, that's not my normal. That's not my normal life. I, you know, I, I love the things of the Spirit. But he most often encounters me with a gentle voice that I have to take a step of faith and then I realized that was God. Is that normal, your experience? 
all I'm saying in this is if you're waiting for the thunder and you're waiting for the fire, you may wait a long time. And, but, but take note of just the gentle nudge. This happens to you more than you know. The Holy Spirit just tells you to do, tells you to ring somebody. It's the Holy Spirit. You're listening to the Holy Spirit. Tells you to go and visit somebody. Tells you not to do something. It's a gentle voice. Hey, that's your experience is my experience. It's the same for all of us. But when you step out and take note of that and you do what He tells you to do, then He tells you something more specific and something more specific. But you need to take, you need to listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, and respond. Does that make sense? So, God's voice is gentle, and I think there's a reason for that. Is um, God's true to His nature, and this is that scripture that says He will not um, quarrel. This is talking about um, Jesus. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone. Well, he raises voice in the streets, a bruised reed he won't break, a smoldering wick he won't quench. Do you know what that's talking about? You may feel like your life is broken, like you're bruised. He won't throw you out. The world, in the day, a bruised reed is not good for anything because it's bruised. It's going to bend and break. It can't do anything. They'll throw it out. A bruised reed he won't trash. A smoldering wick, they've got hardly any fire left. He will not quench. He will not extinguish that. So where you're at, you are precious to him, and he will not discard you because he's gentle. This is, um, he's true to his nature, and this is his nature. Um, Jesus is, they call, uh, perfect theology. So if you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus, Right? So all those scriptures there talk about this is what Jesus is like. So um, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He, in him all the fullness of the deity dwelt. In Colossians 2 verse 9, in him the whole fullness of the de- deity dwelt bodily. And he is the exact imprint of his nature. So do you want to know what God is like? You read the Gospels. Look at how Jesus treated the woman caught in adultery. And I was thinking about this. Um, when did Jesus ever get upset? Did Jesus get upset over the corrupt people, the corrupt tax collectors that were ripping off his people? Didn't, Jesus didn't get angry about that. We would get angry about that. But that didn't seem to upset Jesus, that people were ripping off his people. He didn't, didn't bother them. Uh, when people were caught in sexual immorality, did that bother Jesus? Didn't seem to like, go and sin no more, he said to the woman, but I don't condemn you. The things that we really, we get offended about, didn't seem to offend Jesus. What offended Jesus is when his father was being misrepresented. He got angry. When, when the Pharisees were portraying God like he was an angry, vindictive, um, someone to be feared, then that got Jesus' ire, doesn't it? And he called them whitewashed tombs, you know? Outside you're all nice and out, outside you're all nice and clean, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. And he he ripped into the Pharisees because they misrepresented his dad. That got him offended. And so, if you want to know what God is like, really, you look at Jesus and the way he treated people. Look at Jesus, the way he responded always, 
And this is when, this is the only time in Scripture, I think, oh, this is another verse, um, Philip said to him, um, show us the Father, and it's enough for us, and then Jesus said, Philip, have I been with you for so long, you don't get this yet. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. We're the same. He's, the Father is just exactly like me. So what is, what is Jesus like? I think this is the only time he ever um, says, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I'm gentle and I'm lowly in spirit, and you'll find rest for your souls, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what, what is Jesus like? He's gentle. So what will his voice be like? He won't force you into a corner. I guarantee you, God will not put you into a corner and, and coerce you and force you to do something. He, he won't force people to believe in him. He won't force people to bow their knee to him and surrender. He won't do that. Uh, what he does is that he gives an invitation. And the voice of the Spirit is an, always an invitation. And this, is my, this has been my experience. When I've heard God speak, I've always felt like I've heard him ask something, and it's almost like it's just out of reach, and I've had to pursue it. And I haven't got it until I've actually pursued the voice. And then when I've pursued what he's done, then he's given me revelation. It's almost like he whets my appetite with a gift, and I have to chase the gift. But because that's his nature. I wish sometimes, you know, I wish sometimes he would just knock me over the head with a 4 by 2 and give it, like, tell me exactly what to do. But he doesn't, no. And he won't, because it would be against his nature to do so. Hey, it's not his nature. He is gentle and humble, lowly. That's, that's the voice you're listening for. You want, now, are you hearing God? Is it gentle and lowly? Is it, is it a whisper? If it's shouting and you enforcing you, can I say it's possibly the enemy? Um, and it may sound good, but it's, if, if you are feeling forced to do something, probably not God because it's not his nature. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I want to give this as a, I don't know why when I was writing this up, this came into my head, so I'm throwing this in there. Some of you may have received a prophecy um, that has been harsh and brash, and, and you felt condemned by that. Do you know the... Uh, in Corinthians 14, it says, um, he who prophesies, prophesies to edify, to um, encourage and build up. Is that what it says? Um, speaks for their upbuilding, encouragement, and their comfort. So that's what prophecy is for. Because it comes from the heart of God, eh? And that's, that's what he wants for his people. That's why prophecy, it should be in, in line with that. But sometimes people, in, they've given a word and you may have received a word, and I wonder whether some, this is why God told me to share this, maybe you've received a word and it's felt really heavy and like it was a really negative word. Can I just say, it's more, an, I think what that is, it's an indication of the person that gave you the word, what they think God is like. So they, they represent him, that's what I think he's like, I'm speaking on his behalf. And this is why, you know, Tozer said the most important thing about anybody is what you think about when you think about God, because you're becoming like the image you have of God. 
Whatever you think about him, that's what you're becoming. So you've got to get it right. Who, who is God? Because we, if we misrepresent him, that's what offends him the most. And there are unfortunately some Christians who are out there slamming people. Um, and you think, man, they're, they're representing God. Are they representing him accurately? Is he really like that? So you need to know him so that when you speak on his behalf, you are accurately representing what he's genuinely like. And there was a word that came out about grace. What is God like? Grace. You know, he knows what he knows your he knows your your failures. And will he will he break that reed? That bruised reed, will he break it? Not a chance. Will he will he quench that? smoldering wick not a chance he will extend grace to you and his and his and his word for you will be life so in order in order to um in order to respond um you've got to be quiet if it's a whisper you've got to pay attention hey look if i speak Because if it's really noisy, you just can't hear. And that's how, the vo- that's how it is. Um, we call, I don't know if you do this, we call things quiet time. Do you hear people talking about their quiet time? It means you've got to be quiet. Um, the times I hear God, in the mornings I will get up, I'll have my, um, my Bible, my journal, and then I, qu- I have to get myself quiet so that I can hear His voice. I do things to put myself in the way of His voice. Like, I can't, I can't make God speak to me. I, I, I think he's speaking, but I can do things to help me to hear. And one of them is to listen, to, to read the Bible, because he speaks through his word. So I open myself, I open the Bible, and I read the Bible. And then I'm asking questions of the scriptures. What are you, what are you saying? What are you saying? I also read um, um, uh, a, like a daily devotional stuff. And sometimes out of that, which means somebody else, I'm hearing God through somebody else. And we often do that as well, don't we? Don't you, when you come to church, can't you, sometimes you talk to someone and you think, God, they said something, but God said this to me. I heard God speak there. Because he wants to talk to you. He wants you to hear his voice because he loves you, wants an intimate relationship with you. And you can't have intimacy if you're not listening. And so I, that's the encouragement is, you know, listen, be quiet and listen. So um, what time am I meant to be done here? I, uh, when, the times I've, one of the other times when I've heard God is, um, I can go on. If you, um, uh, sometimes a word drops into my head. Has this happened to you? Um, you know, thoughts come into my mind that aren't linear. And it's, when, I'm, when I mean linear is if I start A, and then my thinking goes to B and to C and to D, and then E makes sense. I now got to E. That's linear. But sometimes when God speaks to me, he just drops an E, and then all of that comes in later. Does that happen to you? Almost like you think, out of nowhere, E popped into my head. And then what do I do with that? Listen to that. Like, listen to the thoughts that aren't linear. If a thought pops into your head, ring so-and-so. I wasn't even thinking about that person. Ring so-and-so. Respond to that. That's the Holy Spirit. Now, all of this to say, um, this, is, this is what Jesus did. Um, 
Where am I going? So, uh, you probably don't remember, the last time I was here, I spoke about the, um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I used Luke chapter 4, uh, where um, Jesus was baptized, Luke chapter 3, Jesus was baptized, the Spirit descended on him in a dove, and it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, and then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil, and then he came out in the power of the Spirit, and then he picked up, went into the synagogue, picked up the book of Isaiah, and read from Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me, right? So we looked at being filled with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, being empowered by the Spirit, and then being anointed with the Holy Spirit. And I basically, most of my messages was all about the first one, wasn't it? Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now this is about being led by the Spirit. Because the, the way the Holy Spirit leads you is He talks to you. But you have to listen to Him. And when He speaks to you, you have to say yes. So if you, if you say no, he will go round the mountain. That's everybody's experience. If you say no to the Holy Spirit, you'll say, okay, I'll come back again. We'll, visit, we'll revisit that. You just go through life and for a bit, and I'll come back to that. Because he, he will not let you go. He will, he will whisper again, time to go around the mountain. If you don't do it, I'll go around the mountain again. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Everything Jesus did, he did being led by the Spirit. So um, have a look at these. Um, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing on, um, on his own accord. I only do what I see the Father doing. That's what the Son does. Um, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge. That's how it was with Jesus. Um, and then in Matthew, I think, have I got this? Maybe not. Matthew twelve twenty eight says this. If it is by the Spirit of God I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come to you. So this is how Jesus lived his life and, and did all the miracles that he did. He just listened to the voice of the Spirit and he responded. Now, he's speaking to you as well. He's speaking to you as well. The works that I do, you will do, and even greater works because I go to the Father. That's what he said in um, John chapter 14. Because he said that I, you get, I'm filling you with the same spirit. You, he will speak to you as well, but will you do what he says? And this is why I want to come. I mentioned this at the beginning. You just need to say yes. And, I, and I, I'm going to get you to do this in a minute, just to make a commitment to say, God, I'm, I will say yes. Whatever you ask me to do, the answer is yes. Before you ask me, the answer is yes. Because that's what it means to have Jesus as your Lord. Hey? He's your Savior, but if he's your Lord, the answer is yes. If it makes you uncomfortable, still, uh, still yes. I, tr I trust you. And, we, and as we were worshiping, I was thinking about my message, and I was thinking this. Um, I think sometimes we don't want to hear God because we're a bit nervous, um, a, we may have heard from a prophetic voice or from someone rep misrepresenting them that he's angry and that he's vindictive and that he will just use us as a tool, but that's not true. Um, if you're a broken reed, he won't break you. If you're a bruised reed, he won't break you. If you're a, a smoldering wick, he won't extinguish you. He cares about you, and the words that he would say to you are for good for you. That's why prophecy is for encouragement and comfort. 
and to edify, build. Because that's, that's his whole heart for you. You genuinely can trust God. Um, God is faithful. And he is good. And it doesn't matter what your past experience, and some of it may be rubbish, it may be horrible, that doesn't change who he is. He hasn't changed. He is still good. He is still perfect in every single way. And he just says, will you trust me? You can try and work it out on your own, but I know know what's best for you. Why don't you just trust me? Why Why don't you just say yes? And whatever I tell you to do, then just do that. Does, that. does that make sense? It's simple, huh? But he is speaking. In fact, I think he's been speaking to some of y'all because I've been looking in your faces and I can see at certain points the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. And then I'm going to give you an invitation in a minute just to perhaps come out of your seats, come up onto this carpet and just to say, yes, God, Whatever it is that you've said to me, then the answer is yes. And if, even if you, if you haven't heard him say something specific to you, then just by saying, God, the answer is yes. And you just think about this. I was, um, you think if, if every Christian in New Zealand, how many, how many hundreds of thousands are there, Christians in New Zealand said yes every time to God, what would be the difference? What, honestly, what would be the difference in, uh, we would make in New Zealand if we all said yes, if the Holy Spirit had free reign? Like, every church would be paid off for a start, wouldn't it? Like, because we'd be tithing. So we'd be saying yes to our money. Um, people would be um, looking after poor because we'd be, be saying yes. We'd notice, we'd notice someone and we'd be feeding them. Now, we'd be saying yes all the time. We'd be stepping out in faith. What about if Kuramako, you all just said yes, like flag everybody else, okay, that's up, that's all there out there, but we're in this room, what if we said yes, what if you said yes, to the, and the Holy Spirit asked you to do something, you said yeah, the answer is yes, because you're, you are God, you're Lord, do you want to jump up in the air, here's the last, um, Oh, no, that's the one I've just been talking about. Um, This is Jesus. um, Right at the very end, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup if it's possible, but not my will, yours be done. That was Jesus' whole life. Like he, he, He said it at the end, just before he was crucified, but he lived his life like that, eh? Whatever, your will, not, not mine, be done. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. And there's this, this last slide. Um, uh, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So my sheep means it's not super Christian. It's not this prophetic. It's sheep. Every Christian wants, he will hear my voice and they will follow me. Be like him and just do what the Holy Spirit says. So. Why don't you stand?